Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all on this Monday, November 16th of 2020. We pray that you have had a, a, a good weekend with your family. In spite of all the things that are happening, that your days, uh, you know, that we have available to be and enjoy our families, I think that's the most beautiful thing uh, that we can experience, especially in such an hour like this. We are getting ready to start the new week on our podcast, studying the Word of God, looking at the Word prophetically, wanting to encourage God's people, and, and finding hope always in His Word. And uh, continue to pray for one another, continue to pray for our nation, continue to pray the things that are happening around the world, the hurricanes, there's one that's about to hit the Central America area, and other things uh, that are taking place worldwide, things known and unknown to us. Something is shaking, something is moving, but we trust God's word in this hour. And I think there's no better time than to gather together as we do on this podcast and fellowship in the Word of God. So we pray you have your Bibles uh, next to you. We pray that your hearts are open as we um, as we glean from the Word of God. I'm excited about the study today. I know that God has something for us today. So let us hear what uh, He wants to tell us today. In our, our podcast, in our panel, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, my brothers, it is a joy to be able to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. It's good to begin another week as we uh, find ourselves closing in on the final weeks of 2020. And as always, we welcome you to our podcast, the place uh, where people come uh that 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 don't have faint hearts <laughs> and who want to explore the deeper things of God, we pray. It is our endeavor to look at the prophetic scriptures and to uh, to be led of the Spirit very humbly. So we say those things through prayer, meditation, contemplation, and and really seeking to uh, to to explore and see, um, you know, what it is that the Spirit reveals is is actually taking place in our time. And so we're looking forward to today's podcast. We're continuing uh, in the flow of of, uh, of what we've been studying in the book of Revelation and the various other places we've been. Uh, we encourage you to go back and listen to Friday's uh, two-part series uh, on the rise of the dragon or enter the dragon, I think is how we called it, uh, which I think will help greatly as we continue today uh, going uh, forward in looking at the events uh, that we're living under right now. And can we find some clues, some some things that, uh, that the Lord told us himself, um, you know, as to what would be occurring in our times? And, and we think that, you know, that we're there. So we're going to ask you to have your Bibles open today uh, to the Gospel of St. Luke. And it's from there that we will uh, begin our study. I'm going to have Brother Jeremy uh, read one scripture to start with, and then I'll have him read a, a little lengthier passage. But Brother uh, Jeremy, could you uh, could you read verse uh, 35 for us as we begin in Jesus' name? Amen. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Amen. So today's study in the beginning of a new uh, series uh, for the next couple of days, we're going to call it uh, 
for as a snare shall it come. Uh, we're going to be talking about what the Lord Jesus Christ meant by that, the word, uh, the, the, the phrase, as a snare. But, you know, as the Lord, you know, neared Calvary, the Lord Jesus, uh, you know, he began in earnest to reveal extraordinary revelation and information concerning the end times, not just the last days or the unfolding of, of history, which he did do, but specifically began to hone in on on the last of the last days or the end times, as, as it's said in, in, in Daniel. And, and it's why that we we focus on the prophecies, especially now in our time, you know, and what's happening. You know, I was speaking this morning uh, via text message with my my, my little sister uh, uh, about the end times. And uh, in answering a question that she had about, you know, all the things that we see happening right now in our time, um, you know, I told her that, that what is happening right now is quite possibly, and really not without merit, uh, it's quite possibly the beginning of the end time that Daniel uh, revealed to us in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. And like we told you, uh, the Bible indicates there is a, a big difference between the last days and the end time. The end time are the, the final days of history upon the earth. And there were many events, many signs, many things that the Bible uh, left within the scriptures for us to examine uh, in order to alert that final generation that they were the ones. And we're going to look at a little bit of that today in our response. But really, truly for many Many people right now, even the most uh, spiritual and devout among us, it, 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 it's very hard uh, to truly wrap our heads around the prospect uh, that indeed we, we might have entered the end times. You know, sadly, for many years, many, many years now, decades really, especially the last uh, 20, 30 years, uh, uh, the pastors, the pastors, the preachers in our churches across our land and really across the, the, the whole of the Christian West, you know, the pastors have failed, in my opinion, that is, and I, and I, don't, I don't point an accusatory uh, finger at them in the sense to cut them down, but simply to, uh, you know, to examine the, the lack of effect of their ministry. You know, they failed, they have failed over many decades now to point the people uh, to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, you know, in truth, the return of the Lord is what true Christianity in many ways is all about. You know, the second coming of the Lord and, and the end of the age. I mean, that's, that's what the Holy Apostles uh, revealed to us and the Holy Prophets. And it's why uh, we are seeing what we're seeing. And, and, and I believe what has unfolded since January, the beginning of this year, 2020, and all the events since then, quite possibly, like we said, are the signs uh, to the wise that Daniel spoke of in Daniel 12, 10, uh, that the time of the end has arrived. And, and with this in mind, that is what we want to look at today. What did the Lord Jesus Christ say about it? And, and that brings us to our scripture again today. And this is where I'm going to want Brother Jeremy to read to us. If you could, it's a little bit of a lengthy scripture, but then we'll get right into it. It's uh, uh, Luke chapter 21. And read to us the passage, Brother Jeremy, verse 32 
through 38. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness Mm -hmm. and, and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple And at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. Amen. So let's just take a look at this real quick today. We're going to give a brief introduction today as we, I mean, we're in our our study. This is not the, the end. This is more like a part one but really it's all connected if we go all the way back to March. But uh, for for the purposes of this study and looking and examining what the Lord is teaching us here, uh, you know, we'll, we'll consider this the beginning of a new podcast series uh, um, called As a Snare or As a Snare It Shall Come. So however you want to title it, that's what we'll call it. But I want to look at something what our Lord draws our attention to. First of all, we need to understand that Chapter 21 uh, begins uh, the Olivet Discourse in many ways. Um, Luke inserts it here, and if you go and read the whole chapter, you'll see that what he taught in Matthew 24, that is the Lord concerning the end of time, Luke records it here in, in chapter 21. And so he goes through a whole series of of, uh, of, of revelations concerning the end time. And then once he kind of culminates his thoughts, he then draws our attention to something uh, in verse 32. Can you read verse 32 again, Brother Jeremy, please? Yes. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. When you read chapter 21, when he gets into talking about, you know, the end of times, he goes through a series of statements that indicate uh, you know, process of time, and and he gives certain events and and things to look for that that seem to indicate a uh, everything from you know the judgment that was about to come upon the Jews, the persecution that would fall upon the early church, the scattering of the Jewish people to the ends of the earth, <laughs> and then uh, he he kind of begins to bring it down to a specific time frame. So he 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 had predicted the Jews would be scattered to the ends of the earth, and and then he he kind of brings it down to a specific time as a as a marker for that final generation. And what he what he said in verse 24. Can you read verse 24, brother Jeremy, just to put some context on this? Yes. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So this is this is a very key 
thing that he began to reveal to his apostles and disciples back then. He, he revealed, first of all, that, that, that the Jewish people would be scattered to all the nations of the world, led away captive uh, and, and be destroyed by the edge of the sword. And, and then he talked about Jerusalem itself being overrun by Gentile powers. What's interesting is that when he made these statements back in, you know, in his day, which is now almost 2,000 years ago, you know, they had no real concept, even though the prophets had revealed that it would happen. Even Moses, before they went into the <laughs> promised land, already told them that was what was going to happen to them. Uh, Jesus, again, reiterates it here. Uh, to bring understanding uh, for them at their time and also for the generation that would be alive that would witness these things. Now, we know that he was referencing an extended period of time because we have been the generation that has actually seen Jerusalem, uh, I mean, the, the people of Israel regathered into her, into her, uh, her promised land after 2,000 years. That gives us a, an insight with that in mind that, that everything that Jesus was speaking in Matthew 24, Luke 21, in Mark, I think it's 13, when he, when he adds things to the end time understanding, is tied around the scattering of the Jews uh, to the ends of the earth. You know, I have commentaries in my, in my library uh, that are, in some cases, 1,500 years old. And, uh, and 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 where they draw upon the sources of, of the Jews who commented on the Old Testament, and then into uh, some uh, uh, that I have that I that I study behind as far as historic historical understanding um, are you know seven eight hundred years old. So uh, they they come all the way up into you know they actually began writing them probably around you know thirteen hundred A.D. Uh, somewhere in there. Uh, 1200 AD, I have some that, that are written from those time periods. And what's interesting when you get in to, uh, to, to their writings and their commentaries and the obvious prophetic scriptures that told them that they would be scattered to the four corners of the earth, you know, the commentators, the scholars of, of, the, of the rabbinic community, they would always write in there, you know, we're hoping someday. Uh, to come back to Jerusalem. They, they they clung to those promises, even though they had been scattered from Israel at that point in, in the commentary they have for over a thousand to three hundred years. So they were they understood something. And even though they were writing, you know, eight hundred years ago, five, six, seven, eight hundred years ago in the commentaries I have, it's interesting and fascinating to see how much they understood and held to the promises of the prophets who said that one day they would be regathered. Jesus here is revealing that to us. And, and what he meant it to be uh, was, 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 you know, was multipurpose, but, but primarily to explain to us and, and us being able to look back on it now, because we are the generation that actually has seen the fulfillment of Israel being regathered and becoming a nation state again in 1948. That tells us just from that, that when Jesus spoke these prophecies, it had built in it almost 2,000 years of history. And then he, in verse 24, like Brother Jeremy just read, he brings it back down to another identifying mark, saying that the very capital city, Jerusalem, would be overrun with Gentile powers. In other words, it would be out of the control of, of Israel itself. But then he said this, he said, until the times 
of the Gentiles are fulfilled. In other words, until the time that the Gentiles uh, relinquish control of Jerusalem and it becomes once again the capital city of Israel, um, that is when you will know that you have entered into the end time. It was a trigger, a, a trigger point for, for his people to understand and to, to pay attention to it. And what's interesting to me there is that when we consider it in light of the times that we're living in right now, we have seen this very thing happen. See, when Israel became a nation in 1948, it still didn't have Jerusalem as its capital. It declared its nation state and the capital uh, of the nation at that time uh, was Tel Aviv. And, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, several years later during the, the Arab uh, the Six-Day War, um, it was the first time in over almost 2,000 years that they they actually uh, drove um, the Jordanians and the others, the Arabs, out of Jerusalem. And they captured uh, Jerusalem. And they even got as far as the Temple Mount, you know, the famous story of, of, the, of the rabbi of Israel, Shlomo Goran, I think his name was, blowing the, the ram's horn. And declaring uh, that 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 Jerusalem was now in the possession of the Jews, and if you read your history, you'll see that even at that moment, that the atheistic Israeli soldiers who didn't even believe in God, they 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 knew that event was was significant. And I've read accounts where hardened soldiers just be just broke and wept um, as as it all just came flooding, uh, you know, into their spirit that uh, that they now had Jerusalem in its possession but but still it wasn't considered um you know the capital city it, it was still considered illegally possessed by the Jews right like they had you know uh, gained it through military action uh but it was never really truly recognized uh, as their capital for many many years since then well as we know in our time uh, it was May the 12th 2018, 70 years, one generation to the day that Israel became a nation state, 1948, May the 12th to May the 12th, 2018, that that the greatest power on the face of the earth, the United States of America, and its president and its administration moved the uh, embassy of the United States to Jerusalem and handed the keys, in essence, over to them by declaring that Jerusalem was the rightful and eternal capital city of Israel. And, and that was a, a, a significant uh, moment in, in our generation. Because if you go back to that point and then see what's happened since then, and we, <laughs> we could really dig into just the news events that have happened since then to where we find ourselves now, which is just a little over two years after that event, the whole world has changed, right? So the fact that, that we declared it as the eternal capital of city, a city of, of Jerusalem, I encourage those of you who are interested in this sort of thing to go and pull up uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's speech on that day uh, from the United States Embassy in Jerusalem and what he said. Uh, concerning it becoming the eternal capital. He declared that after 3,000 years, uh, the eternal capital city of Jerusalem, which David had conquered, 
and made his capital city now forever and ever was in the possession of the Jewish state. That, in my opinion, with all the other things we could add to it, but just a few things we've discussed, is indeed what Jesus was referring to. And the time of Gentile control of the city was over. The time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled. So when he goes on in verse 32, could you read that again to us, Brother Jim? Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away, shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. So the generation that he's referring to there, because he's specific, right? He says, this generation shall not pass away until everything I've been talking to you about since the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled, verse, uh, shall not pass away until everything is fulfilled. So it's a generation that can be identified, and it's specifically tied to the restoration of Jerusalem as the capital city. Of, of Israel, and, and ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we witnessed that two years ago, as I just said. So it's quite possible that, and, and more than that, based on what Jesus said, that we have indeed entered uh, the end time, and that we are that terminal generation, like how, how Lindsay used to call it, or that final generation. And what he has revealed to us then is that this generation that witnesses this, Look what he says in verse 31. Can you read verse 31 to us, Brother Jeremy? So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So he's telling you, take note and understand something. When you see these things, and, and, and we, you know, we're not going to get into it today, but you know, from, from the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled and Jerusalem coming back into the possession and declared so you know it's different than 1967 they they occupied the city in the eyes of the world but it was two years ago when we moved our embassy there that 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 netanyahu boldly proclaimed as as the prime minister of israel and the united states verified it as the chief power on the planet that indeed jerusalem is now completely totally the capital city of israel first time in 70 years and so he then goes on to begin to talk about uh, astronomical signs, distress of nations, hurricanes, uh, and all kinds of things happening. But but he, he when we get to verse 31, he wants us to understand something. He says, when you see these things uh, come to pass, which we've already said, we've seen it, he says, know something. You need to know something. You need to know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise God. See, this is why we are seeing what we're seeing transpire in the earth today. And as we go along, we'll, we'll, we'll see a, a further clues here. But, but that's why he says, he emphasizes in verse 32, truly I say to you that this generation, he's reemphasizing again, the generation that's witnessing these things we're talking about, and, and primarily the, the, the capital city of Israel leaving the hands of the Gentile powers and being delivered into the hands of Israel again. He said, that generation, when you see these things come to pass, he goes, know something. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can get through this. Yeah. Know something. Glory to God. 
Wake up, in other words, right? You know, know something that the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so he oh, says, yeah. amen, right? So he says, truly, I'm telling you that this generation that sees this thing, know this, it's not going to pass away. In other words, the end time has begun. And the clock is ticking. And mm. everything is going to be fulfilled. My God. Lord Jesus. Any thoughts, brothers, before we go on? Nothing? <laughs> no, it's, just, it's powerful. Uh it's it's almost to the to the what's what's the correct word to use to the um to the key, to the dot. I forgot what the saying is. But uh what I'm, what Jesus declares here is that when you see these things, that's what's resounding in my spirit right now. Yes. When you see these things come to pass, what things? What you just explained, Israel, right? Uh, yes. Becoming a nation, and, and then and then and two, that what happened two years ago, very historical, very very prophetic. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, to to say Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, is Jerusalem, and so when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is near at hand. So that means mm-hmm. we're entering another phase, or perhaps what we what we're calling and saying the end of time, right? Uh, yeah, it's here, you know. So um, say that again. Yes, it is here. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that 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 should comfort the saints, and Amen. you know uh, that that should make you. Uh, uh, it gets you get you excited. I know there's a lot of bad news and things that that are happening, but that should get that should excite our spirit and let it come alive that the that the kingdom of God is at hand. He's coming again, and so so the, this is another uh, layer of prophecy that has been fulfilled. So there's not much more to to left. You know what I'm saying? But a few things here and there. But that's another layer of prophecy being fulfilled which brings us closer to the coming of the Lord. So it really blesses me in, in, uh, to understand it, uh, the way you're explaining it, Brother Marty. Amen. And, 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 and brother, and brothers, you know, it's, it's indicating there by, by the fact that he says that this generation won't pass away uh, is that, is that we, we have now entered into a definitive time of limits, you know, mm. because, uh, well, for instance, what we call the greatest generation, right? That generation that fought and, and deservedly so, that fought in World War II. Um, they have, by and large, there's only a handful of them left that actually witnessed that and fought in the war, yeah. you know. Um, and then again, here just for a little, you know, for you, for you real extreme Bible prophecy people, listen. What is? How do you define a generation, right? Because what's interesting is that is that 1948 began the nation state 70 years later on the exact day. Now, lest you think that God is not in control, it was in 2017 that the, that the Trump administration, the United States uh, president and, 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 and the nation, therefore he represents the nation, that his administration uh, declared in 2017 that they were going to, they had all intention to move the, uh, the, they were going to do what they said. They were going to move our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. But they had a three to five year plan. That's what they originally said. 
And then uh, God knew that he would have a builder in the White House, because I've heard him testify about how, what made him make the decision, because they originally had said it was going to be a three to five year uh, plan. They announced that in December of 2017. But when he saw the cost of constructing a new embassy in Jerusalem, it was going to be billions and billions of dollars. But he said that somebody, you know, sitting at the table said, well, you know, we, we don't really need to do that. There's a really good building that, that we have there left over. I forget where it was, but that we have there in Jerusalem. He goes, with a little bit of remodeling, you know, we, we ought to be able to turn it into a really cool embassy. And so he said, well, how much do you think it would cost? He said, well, it shouldn't cost it more than half a million dollars. So being the builder that he is, he was like, oh, well, let's do that. How long will it take? They said, oh, just a few months. So what they had originally, yeah. what they had originally, right? They'll see God's in control, mm -hmm. right? What they had originally intended to be a three to five year transition actually took place uh, within the first five months of of, of 2018. It, so, and and what that did to the day, remember, because it was May the 12th when we moved our embassy there, the same exact day, 70 years to the day, a full generation. Because the Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms when Moses was writing, he, he says that a generation is 70 years. Do you guys remember where that is? Take a look. Uh, I think it's, you know, if, if, uh, is that where it is, brother? Let's see. Yeah, that sounds right. Let's take a look over there. Yeah, very good. So uh, can you read that just, brother Fernando? Do you have it in, in verse uh, 10? Um, pull it up here. Psalm 90, uh, verse 10. This is Moses speaking. Um, let me pull it up here. What yeah. verse is that? Uh, Psalm 90, verse 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So what the rabbis teach is that what Moses was identifying there when he said the days of our years are threescore years and ten, they said that's that's a generation biblically defined. Threescore years and ten equals seventy years. Then there's something really intriguing here, because Moses adds another 10 years. He said, if by reason of strength they be four score years, he says, it will, even in the end, you know, we die and we fly away. But, but what's interesting about that for Bible prophecy students is that we really can't define the day or the, or the week or the month or the year, right? Because it can be 70 years to the day when we're speaking of a generation, or it can be 80 years. So there's like a 10-year period in there. So if the generation that we're looking at actually began in uh, the establishment of the nation of Israel in 1948, and we reached the 70-year period when Jerusalem becomes the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled and the statement, this generation shall not pass away, are we living in the final 10 years of human history? By reason of strength, is another additional 10 years given for the final, uh, you know, 
playing out of everything else that is yet to come to pass that is that we've been discussing in the book of revelation it's just a thought but we know well, yeah we we, <laughs> right? we have to consider it you know of course uh, you know let me preface it we're not trying to put a date or anything but i think we have a clue and that happened in 2018 where 70 years from 1948 two years have passed so there's eight more years, you know, uh, and just in terms of talking about what we're talking about, to to have 80 years from a generation, right? So yeah. just think about that. <laughs> I mean, consider the fact uh, that we're either we either have entered or we're about to enter. Yes. This seven uh, per- the last period of seven years. I also wanted mm-hmm. to point out. Well, go ahead, right. Brother Marty, and then I, I want no, I wanted I to just say, say something. Just right there before you say something, I was going to say, well, which is what some Bible scholars believe that the Bible, when it speaks of, prophetically speaking, uh, Daniel talks about the, the final seven years of human history, right? The final week of Daniel's 70-year prophecy there, or 70-week yeah. prophecy. Uh, so the old-time Bible scholars used to say that Daniel was defining a, a final seven-year period. And then as we go along in the scriptures, we also realize that that seven-year period gives way to what Jesus called the Great Tribulation, which we talked about last week in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. When the Antichrist makes his appearance, it's in the middle of the final seven-year period of human history. It's the final three and a half years. And so we know there, if, if that's correct, then there is a defined seven-year period that is yet to be played out. And if we're looking at these things in the way we are and again we're not date setters it's just something to to think about we we quite possibly like brother jeremy said are nearing or have already just begun to enter into those final years of human history go ahead brother jeremy sorry (laughs) and and what i find fascinating too is that you know uh what jesus said again going back to luke 21 when he says that when uh, likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is is near at hand. That we entered, but a short period of time, right? Yeah. And I want to just I want to just compare that to what we studied Friday when we spoke about the, the you know when he's when Satan is cast out of uh, out of uh, heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And and what we read that he has but a short time. So all of this is is connected. You know, we know we have a sh- the, the kingdom of God is at hand, but also it's it's also a um what's the word I want to use a clue, a sign that Satan, uh, you know, which I believe Paul he's uh, he's already has been let loose or is about to from the heavens and thrown out right, but he says yeah. woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for mm-hmm. he knows that he has but a short time. So with the coming kingdom, we also know what's coming. It's a, a you know the wrath of the enemy. That yeah. will be the, his final throw at history to 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 take over. He thinks he's going to win. So, just you know, I was just thinking about that right now. Yeah, and and if you if you look at the flow of the construction of Luke's gospel, it's very interesting that after this is spoken and all the things that we're discussing right now, he then goes right into chapter twenty-two, and and we're told that uh, that Judas is possessed by Satan. You know, and we know that Judas is a type of the Antichrist. So the flow of the way the Holy Spirit writes is at such a uh, a, a mysterious way. But I, I find it a little ironic 
that coming out of what we're discussing here, the final generation, so forth and so on, immediately we go right into chapter 22, and Judas is revealed as having become possessed by by Satan himself, a, a type, a foreshadow of the end-time Antichrist. But that's just for a side note there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, any, you guys are going to say something else? Nope. Um, okay. Inspiration. Well, I'll say but, this: um, the the trigger point seems to be the the complete restoration of Israel um, as a nation and its capital. Yeah. Um, and then and then uh, we, as you keep, you, you know, the title of the series is, you know, uh, the snare that comes upon them. Yeah. Right? Uh, and and. So as you keep reading, we see that the restoration of Israel has to take place, and then it's declared that this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. So yeah. the generation that sees this, and then now we're trying to figure out what is a generation, right? Uh, seven right. years, possibly 80, right? Yeah. Uh, with an additional 10 years of grace or mercy. So we're trying to figure out, are we seeing uh, these 70 years being fulfilled, maybe. Yes. Um, maybe. But, but what we do know is that these are facts, um, if you have spiritual eyes to see, that when the President of the United States moved the embassy uh, of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, there came a sense in the church world, a sense of relaxation. Yes. Which the Bible yeah. then warns us about concerning mm-hmm. that generation. Mm-hmm. And you can go on and read. And it almost seemed like this is too perfect. I mean, we're, I we're in our, you know, we're in our apex here as as a church in America. I mean, we have a, we have a godly president. We have mm-hmm. a president that's pro-Israel, who's pro-life. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can go wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. Yeah. And and uh, everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Right. But the snare, the snare came right. Yes, we're coming so, to that. Amen. Yeah. Well, no, that's well right. you know, um, but 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 I'll say this last thing. But if you follow the trail, like yeah. you said, that the Holy Spirit left for us, we're we're seeing. Um, the the prophecy unfolding, right? So Man. we got to pay close attention to what the Holy Spirit is is these nuggets He's leaving us to to follow. Praise God. Yes. You know, it's, it's amazing. I just wanted to add, it's amazing because basically almost every president that comes into power says, you know, we're going to do that, and they don't do it. And yeah, the fact that, uh, that uh, President Trump uh, did it in two years and with the with the amazing quickness that it happened, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this was yeah. supposed to be a four-year plan. It happened with like what you the story you just gave us within a few months. It, it's amazing how rapid things happen. But uh, yeah. that's very powerful what Brother Fernando brings about. That really the people became um, what's the word that you use right now? They became uh, they, uh, yeah. they became relaxed. Yeah, relaxed. that's yeah. what happened to the church. You know. We're, you know, we're in the White House now, you know what I'm saying? And uh, mm-hmm. we got our man, 
and and the very opposite. It, it looks like it just had a chilling effect, and it's brought down a domino effect that has come with lightning. To so from those two years of 2018 of something great happening in America and thinking, man, revival must be coming to America, man. We're fulfilling. And two years later, here we are in a pandemic, uh, a nation <laughs> that is practically almost destroyed, right? The, the soul yeah. of a nation being taken. It's amazing. This, this is only prophetic. I mean, the, I, I don't know how we can deny it, if we can, that this aligns with what the Word of God. That's what we're trying to do is, is speak on these things and how does it align with the Word of God, you yeah. know? And, and, and these are things that we are considering. This is just in four years what took place. Israel became, right, Jerusalem became the capital, right, fulfilling uh, prophecy, fulfilling the Word of God. And then two years later after that, we are in the worst pandemic, right? Jerusalem, yeah. right, becoming a, a, what do you call it? A boiling, a, a, what is the Zacharias yeah. say? The, a, a boiling pot, you know? Burning yeah. some stone. Or, yeah. Yes, yeah. upon the nation, upon the mm -hmm. nation, the Bible says. So all of this is prophetic. A cup of trembling. That's a very, a cup of yeah. trembling. And, and I just wanted to, you know, uh, what you pointed out, that's, that's also, that's very powerful. Amen. And so, so that, that's, that, that, let's look at that again in verse 31. He says, when you see these things, which we, which we're saying we're seeing, and you see them come to pass, which we've seen, he tells us you need to know something. And it's very interesting because it, it's as if, if we can be spiritually discerning, because we know what's coming and what's already begun, just like you both were describing, you know, they went from happy days are here again to, oh my God. You know, the whole nation's hanging over the edge of a cliff right now. You know, the whole world is going crazy. But but see, Jesus kind of throws it in there in verse 31 that, that we would know something because he's addressing his people, his own disciples. But this information is like a, a secret, you know, a top secret level, you know, dossier, right, of the end times he was giving them here. And then he's speaking to the end time generation and says, know something. You have to know that what you are witnessing is the eminent approach of the kingdom of God and that it's near when you see these things. And then I think that the reason he gives that to us is because it, it, we're going to need it to become an anchor for our soul, our very soul. Because we have told us in the, in the writings of the, of the prophets and the holy, the holy prophets and holy apostles, that preceding these things, we're headed into what you guys were just talking about, a seething pot, a burdensome stone, a cup of trembling, you know, uh, the very powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Earlier on, he says it's going to get so bad in verse 26 that men's hearts are going to fail them for what they see coming on the earth. There's going to be no solutions to, to the eminent enslavement of the planet, which is what we have revealed and what we discussed at length on Friday's two-part series. So he wants us to know that when you see these things, understand you're going to have to anchor yourself to the fact that he revealed them ahead of time and that that's got to settle in us. We have to not allow the events of the day, which he goes on to, to begin to warn us about in the next two verses here, uh, do not allow the events of the day uh, to steal what you know has already been foretold and come to pass in your time. So he says, know that the, the conclusion of where this is headed is the establishment of the kingdom of God upon the earth. And he says, I'm telling you the truth, that this generation 
is not going to pass away until everything be fulfilled. So we know that that all things are being accelerated now. I mean, how many times have we heard the phrase, ah, man, you know, what else, you know, this, you know, it's par for the course for 2020, right? I mean, what else could happen? You know, I, <laughs> my my uh, my wife sent me a funny picture this morning. Somebody posted on Instagram and they took a picture of this giant branch that had fallen off a tree. But the person who posted it said, and it, it really does look like this. They took a picture of the branch because it looked like the way the branch was shaped, like it was this giant tarantula. I mean, it looked like a giant tarantula. It was, you know, like the legs of a spider, right? And it looked like it was coming out from behind the tree, and all you can see were these giant legs. And then the person who posted it said, you know, I was walking, I was doing my morning walk, and I came across this. That's the picture we're describing. She said, I thought, wow, that's a giant tarantula. And then she says, then I thought, well, it's 2020. Anything could happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. But, I mean, that's where we are, right? We're, we're, we're at that place where everything's being accelerated. Okay, now let's get back and be a little more serious here. So look what he says in verse 32. He says, I'm telling you the truth that the generation who witnesses these things uh, is not going to pass away. It's the final generation. So everything is fulfilled. And then he and then he says this. Can you read verse 33 to us, Brother Jeremy? Yes. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I find that really interesting because he's talking about the removing of the heaven that now is and the earth that now is. And he ties it to the final generation. He ties it to all the things he's been talking about up until this point. So he's referencing the kingdom of, of God it being near, and then he warns that generation and says, all these things are going to come to pass in your time if you see them. And then he says the ultimate thing that this is headed to is that the very heaven and the very earth are going to pass away. In other words, there's a new heaven coming and a new earth coming. My words will never pass away. It's a powerful thing he said, <laughs> you know, because he's, he's accelerating our understanding uh, to, to, to begin to reflect on what God is actually doing and how the events that we are witnessing, prophetically speaking, coming to pass before our very eyes, that they're leading us to that, that what we are witnessing is the passing away of, of heaven and earth, really, when it's all said and done. And that new heaven and that new earth uh, is, is what we're headed to. And so then he says this. Can you read verse 34, Brother Jeremy? And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares, and cares of this life so that they come upon you unawares. All right, so if we're not careful, we can miss the flow of what he's saying now. And it's a lot like what, Brother Fernando, you were alluding to earlier. We've already established, you know, what we're talking about here, the, the final generation. We believe we are that generation. And we believe that one of the most uh, incredibly, uh, you know, obvious signs that the Lord gave would be Jerusalem coming back into the hands 
and being recognized as the capital state of Israel. And that would trigger an event he called the time of the Gentiles' control of Jerusalem being fulfilled. And then he says the generation that witnesses that is not going to pass away until everything the prophets have said would happen would happen. And then he points us to the heaven and the earth. In other words, we're headed to a new creation, a new creative act of God. But then in verse 34, um, he issues a cautionary warning. And, and not just a warning, but instruction. And, and basically what he's trying to say is, you know, that such are going to be the times, which are the times we're living in. They warns of the necessity of taking heed to ourselves. Indicating that it's going to be uh, both a, a, a personal, you know, danger coming on us as a result of the times themselves. It's what you just said, brother, brother Fernando. He said he's he's saying that the prophecies will be of such a nature, and, and in some ways, it'll work to put people to sleep. And that's why he tells us to take right. heed to you. So, right that's what you were just saying right, right. yeah and, that's that's exactly that's where the flow is taking you it he says therefore watch right yeah uh don't you, you should you should be watching and and praying um mm-hmm. when when all those all these things take place and it, yeah and, and and it's very interesting we could dig in there for a little few moments there but you know, because you would think the exact opposite would take me. I used to think that when I was little and I read the, my first prophecy book of the late great planet Earth. And it was, you know, I was born and raised Catholic. So, you know, uh, I had never heard anyone actually open up the scriptures like that and, and show us in the Bible that, you know, what God had actually foretold and how it had come to pass so forth and so on. And then he goes into that book and talks about, you know, the end time scenarios as, as he understood it in his day. Great book. Um, don't agree with all his conclusions now after all these years later, but 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 nonetheless, it served its purpose. It, it awoke a generation of that time in the early 70s um, that, that that we, you know, the Lord, the Lord's word was true. So my point is this, is that um, I, I read that book and I remember wondering, how could these things happen that the prophets say and and not, you know, and everybody on the earth not recognize that these are the last days? I mean, how is that possible that you wouldn't, you know, see it? And then the Bible seems to indicate that it will only be, relatively speaking, when we have a population of 8 billion people now, that, you know, comparatively speaking, it will just be few that will see. Jesus actually says, now you got to remember from a big picture point of view, we've had the saints of God, you know, populating heaven, uh, not only the Old Testament saints, but the New Testament saints since the days of the book of Acts, you know, millions and millions of people over the last 2,000 years are, are in heaven. You know, so when we reach the final generation, Jesus said things like, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? You know that scripture? Will he find faith on the earth? That's an incredible statement he made. Because faith in what? You know, faith in his return. You know, and so when he says here in verse 34, take heed to yourself, there is a real cautionary warning there. 
and, and what he's revealing, if, you, if you'll allow the meditative processes to be led by the Spirit of God in these kinds of statements, and really think about what that would imply, is that, <laughs> is that the, the fulfilling of prophecy has with it a, a counterbalance. And that is that the enemy himself, as we know from other scriptures, is working as well. And so it is what Brother Fernando said. It implies that, that as prophecy is being fulfilled, that the Lord warns us and says, such will be the nature of the spiritual conflict during the fulfillment of these things, that you, my people, are going to have to take heed to yourself. Because the temptation or the influencing of the, of the forces of darkness will push you in a direction uh, that will put you to sleep through various means. He gives a list, right? Uh, overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, the cares of this life. So let's just look at that, what take heed to yourself actually means. Taking heed is first on the list, right? The one thing that jumps out yeah. to me there is, is take heed to yourself. Because what he's implying by that is it's going to be a very, each individual, right, is going to come up under this. All of us. I don't care who you are. Everybody's going to be affected and everybody's going to need to heed the warning of the Lord that we're going to have to take heed in these times, especially now. You know, there, there's people I know that started on this journey with us back in March when everybody was freaking out that have kind of settled into the new normal, as they call it. And they're not as, you know, they're not as, you know, intense about their faith right now. Even though everything's even actually getting more intense as we've gone along. You know, those of you who have stayed with us, you know where we are. Uh, but you also probably know some people that you referred the podcast to that were really blessed at the beginning of it early on. And, and now if they catch one every few weeks, it's just, it's, you know, in other words, what? Something's happening, right? And, and that's what the Lord warned us about. What he tells us is to take heed. When you look up that word, it's very interesting because it means you're going to need to hold the mind together. You're going to need to pay attention at these times and be very cautious. Uh, you're going to need to devote your thought and your effort to and apply yourself in these things that we're talking about. Think of that. That's what he's saying. He's saying that so intense will be the spirit of slumber trying to put you to sleep right in the middle of what you what you are what you know to be true, what you see before your eyes. And so he gives that cautionary warning and says you're going to need to devote your thought and your effort and apply yourself at these times more than you ever have before, more than I ever have before. Do not be spiritually lazy, basically, is what he's talking about. And what's interesting as well is the root word in the in the Greek there, as it's recorded in Luke for take heed, at the root of it, it, it means to get a hold of your mind and to get a hold of your emotions. So he's talking about a very subtle um, <laughs> and sometimes not so subtle uh, intent by the spiritual forces of darkness that will be working and are indeed working simultaneously uh, 
against the influences of of the Holy Spirit on the minds and the hearts of 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 the children of God at this time, that final generation. We are that generation. That is why Paul warned us in Ephesians 6 that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Remember, he identified a particular day. I talked about it yesterday in our Sunday broadcast on Instagram uh, called the evil day, where where Paul says in Ephesians 6, he, he says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may uh, be able to withstand in the evil day, a particular day he identified, which is the last day. And in verse 12 is where he reveals that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. In other words, our struggle up underneath these times are not with material uh, creation. It's with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and, and against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places or the high places. And so Jesus seems to be implying that when he talks to us about taking heed, that it's going to be such that we're going to have to lay hold of it. That's why we come to you every single day during the week, you know, with all our might, seeking and endeavoring to give a new word, a fresh manna, you know, a fresh word for the day, because God is going to give it to us that way. But we have to lay hold of it. We have to keep it in our mind and our heart, and we have to apply ourselves with with a great discipline in order to maintain that, because he's implying that that the other side of the story is is that uh, is that the flow of the world at this time is designed to take you away in a different direction, and not only are you going to have to apply spiritual energy and discipline, spirit, soul, and body to maintain and grow at this time. But you're also going to have to guard and understand that it's designed to get a hold of your mind and your emotions. You know, feeling all kinds of ways in all kinds of directions. It'll come at you from every direction. And that's what he's saying. So you're going to have to have all these things practiced and, and repetitively exercised, spirit, soul, and body. So we're not talking about we're skating our, you know, we're skating our way to glory, man. I mean, it ain't gonna be no skate. <laughs> it's gonna, mm-hmm. We're gonna have to fight our way there, right? We're gonna have to fight. We're gonna have to stand. That's why Paul used words like that, right? Having done all this, stand, stand, therefore, right? I mean, we're gonna have. This is a battle, man. Yeah. The rewards are eternal. Praise God. So he says you're gonna have to apply yourself. You're gonna have to lay hold of your mind. You're going to have to uh, press in at these times. You're going to have to gather your, your, your thoughts and your emotions. And he says, if you don't, read that scripture to us, Brother Jeremy, again. Take heed to yourself, lest what? Lest any time your heart should be overcharged at it, uh, with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that they come upon you unaware. So notice what the Lord is telling us there. Note his list. He's giving us a list. And it's tied to the take heed, which we just described. Remember, take heed indicates emotional and mental stress. That these times will become stressful as well. Let's focus in on that because he's cautioning us that the stress or even even a 
another, uh, you know, a physical or emotional or spiritual component that Brother Fernando mentioned is a slumber or, or an apathy almost. All of it's part of the, the realm of what he's talking about. So he's cautioning us that, that this stress will tend to produce in us surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life as a means of coping with it all. Mm-hmm. You know, leaning to these, these, these exterior sources to deal with what you're sensing all around you. And understand, when we do things, uh, to deal with emotional stress or anxiety or whatever you want to go down the list, or even deal uh, with other sources because we become fatigued in our pursuit of God. Uh, th- this is what he's he's trying to caution us against. He's saying that that to to rely on those things, especially up under final generation prophetic time things. He's telling us to be careful because if we use those things as a means to cope with it, it'll fall under these categories and it will put us to sleep, just like Brother Fernando said, because he goes on to say what? So that the day comes upon you, what? Unaware, right? (laughs) That's what you just read, Brother Jeremy, right? So that take heed to yourself, lest at any time your your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life, so that day comes upon you. Unaware. That's that sleep brother Fernando was talking about. You were going to say? Uh, and, you know, uh, as, even as ministers of the gospel, uh, it's, we, we, we're not exempt from that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, especially, especially if you're, you're, you know, you're at the forefront, uh, right. you know, declaring the word of the Lord. Um, and then we're talking uh, things, you know, the kind of things we're talking about where the enemy is listening. Yeah. And it is so easy, easy to to fall into those kind of temptations because uh the the, the deeper you get into spiritual warfare, you know, uh mentally, you know, that's where we need to find the grace of God cuz mentally, physically we're not built for that. Right. You know, the the flesh is weak. You yeah. know, the spirit is willing. You know, so it, it's 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 intense. I know. I mean, we could bring this home here uh, amongst ourselves, and we talk about that. We're always trying to make sure that you know we, we're we're we hold each other accountable, making sure that we're doing the right things of preparation, uh, yeah. in, in our study, in in our prayer life with our families. Um, this is something that's why you you say that constantly. You need to find people of faith. Who yeah. who who will bring encouragement to you wherever you're at? <laughs> that's gonna be hard to do. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. Uh, that's gonna be very hard to do. Where you, where you're gonna find spiritual people who understand the times, who who are watching, who who are taking heed, and it feels lonely sometimes. And and, and that kind of loneliness can lead to this kind of apathy and relaxation, where you begin to look for outlets to cope and deal with the nonsense that is going on. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean mm-hmm. I mean how much news how much news can we watch? Right. <laughs> does it right. does it affect us? Absolutely. I I mean Absolutely. it angers me. I get sad. I'm I, yeah. you know the ebbs and flows of it is just amazing. Amazing. Right. You know and, and uh I know you guys can agree with that and and so it's happening to us as well. We're not exempt. This word is for us, the ministers too. Right. Yeah, you know, right. and, and how much more the body of Christ? 
mm-hmm. which is which yeah. is you know in in a situation where they're being abandoned. There's no That's true right. preachers of the gospel to encourage them. You can't go to churches right now for obvious reasons. You know, Maybe. so yeah, you, we, we it, it's you're, you're spot on as far as the interpretation of what scripture is telling us there that you will uh, look for things to do or or you know things will be uh, uh, the enemy will approach you with certain things to cope with the situation to kind of get away from it, but you mm-hmm. can't. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, brother. You know. Jesus brings a, a, you know, when he says take heed to yourselves, that's any time your hearts be overcharged. And that's talking about the excessive, <laughs> the excessive amount of, of warfare, because that's what it is, spiritual warfare. You know, uh, we can, and, and that's what we're trying to do is, is we want to tell the people we need to detect it first and call it what it is. Because many Christians today right now find themselves you know, they they say, you know, well, I, I'm feeling that I'm getting more headaches, and you, you, but no, it's something spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the over excessive <laughs> attacks of the enemy that are coming to derive you, you know, to 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 stifle you. And that's why Paul, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, would address that. You know, that our weapons that are of our warfare are are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds, of casting down imaginations. See? And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity through the obedience of Christ. But what catches me is what he says, and having in a readiness. Right? That's the very opposite yeah. that is taking place. It, it almost seems like we're being stripped down and, and kind of accepting. I think that's what you were same, Brother Money, before we, you know, a few minutes ago when we were talking about how people have, you know, you kind of just, all right, this is the way things are. You know what I'm saying? And we've lost yeah. as Christians that readiness, right, <laughs> which is Jesus yeah. talking about when he says take heed. He's telling us have that readiness to, you know, revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, you know. So um, it's good that we're talking about it. And, yes, we go through it mightily. And, but we need to we need to pinpoint it. We need to uh, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, we need to. This is what it is: the spiritual warfare. Ten identify times. It. Yeah, identify yeah. it. Ten times yeah. worse than in other times. Amen. And 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 like brother, like you guys were saying, and brother Fernando, you mentioned earlier, it's designed, uh, you know, to put you to sleep. So that Jesus says in verse thirty-four there so that that day will come upon you unaware. He's talking about, he, he's singling us out. He's not really talking about the world here. The whole, the whole uh, you know, revelation he's giving to his disciples and hence to us at the end of time is designed to, to, to again focus us because he identifies, you know, the day coming upon you. You know, he's saying, don't think. Basically what he's saying, that's why he started out by saying, take heed. You're going to need to because this is far beyond just recognizing the times uh, or, or you know, kind of sensing something's going on, whatever it may be, we can go on a list. The, the, the warning is, comes with an instruction, and, and basically the warning is, is to those who are aware not to think themselves <laughs> more highly than right. they are. It's not, it's not to the world he's speaking to. He's speaking to his disciples here, <laughs> That's right. right? 
and, yeah. and in miniature, in miniature, this kind of heaviness or or weightiness of the spirit of the age is seen in in. Uh, I don't want to get off track here, but uh, you know, if people have if they've been listening, they know what we're talking about. Was seen mm. in type and shadow of what will befall the end time uh, children of God, and when His disciples fall asleep in Gethsemane. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and Jesus is watching and praying. He's, he's, you know, we have all types and shadows taking place there. We have Judas, the type of the Antichrist. We have, we have the high priest, you know, so forth and so on, type of the false prophet, and so forth and so on. So, yeah, this is speaking to us, you know, to those who, 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 who know, who are enlightened, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not speaking to the world. So we need to take heed for sure. Yeah, and that's that's important distinction to make, and and a powerful little side note there. You know, the, the Gethsemane experience is a perfect example of what we're talking about. You know, they, they they loved the Lord with all their hearts, but they came up under a such an intense prophetic moment. I mean, the entire purpose for Christ and all creation came down to that moment, and he brought Peter, James, and John with him, and they were not capable of enduring up under it. I think that's why what we haven't got to it yet. And we'll, we'll, as we go along in, in the next couple of days, we'll get there. But that's why he, he reiterates in verse 36 that it's going to require two things, right? To watch and to pray, right? And th- what they couldn't do at that moment was, was pray. They tried to watch, right? They were guarding him as he was praying in the Gethsemane yeah. uh, hour. But, but they, it says that, that, that because of the burden of their heart, they, they, they fell asleep because of the heaviness of their heart. This was an intense battle. They were, they were being affected. Think about how intense that was. Now that you made me think about Gethsemane, was was that uh, the Lord Himself had always stood between them and satanic attack. He protected them. He actually told the Father in John 17 that you know I haven't lost one of them. I've taken care of them through your name, through your authority, your character, the power you've given me. You know, I've taken care of them. But think of the overflow of intensity of what our precious Lord and Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know, the, the Son of the living God, God manifested in his flesh. Think of what he was dealing with in that the overflow of it actually like a, like a, like a, you know, almost like a bucket full of water just filled to the brim and just overflowing. It was like that. The the intensity of what he was dealing with overflowed and actually affected his own disciples, Peter, James, John, and the other eight, which were a little bit farther away. You know, this is an intensity we're talking about that that the Lord himself stood there and, and, and was dealing with, but it was so heavy. Um, we have the benefit now because remember, they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. They hadn't, the Holy Spirit had not yet come. And this is the difference. Because we see Peter on the day of Pentecost in a very similar situation when everybody's about, you know, would, you know, he could have actually felt like my whole life's at risk here because I'm preaching Jesus in the middle of the very temple where just 40 days, 50 days ago they killed him, you know. And now he's standing full of the Holy Spirit and saying, this is that, right, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So we have the benefit of being filled with his spirit now. And yet Jesus reiterates here in verse 36, you're going to need to not only be awake, but you're going to need to rely upon prayer. And that prayer comes from the spirit within us who moves us to prayer. 
So these are really interesting things to look at because we're not only looking at the overall picture and identifying the time that we believe we're living in, but we're also being given practical instruction how we're going to have to make it through. And make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters, this is not an easy thing. This is not three points in a poem or, you know, we'll just write our list down and check it off every day. No, I mean, that might help, but, you know, th this is a practiced, consistent, diligent, spiritual effort that has to be made. And it can only be done by relying upon the strength of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And that strength grows as we repeat the, the precise instruction of the Lord and, and allow it to become exercised in us. So that what begins to happen is that the Spirit uh, begins to supersede the temptations that come into the mind as a result of your fallen flesh, especially up under times like Brother Fernando just quoted, the spirit's willing, right? But the flesh is weak. You know, the, the, the addition of the Holy Spirit, that down payment of the earnest of our inheritance is how Paul described it. The precious Holy Spirit, he has come alongside us. And, and when he begins to fuse, or we allow him to really, by taking heed to his word, he begins to fuse his influence with our spirit. It transcends into the very soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And the, 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 the other component that is trying to pull us away from this diligence begins to lessen day by day by day by day. Now, you can fall off the wagon, so to speak, if, if, you, know, if you want to get you know, flesh and blood about it, but you're not as, uh, as apt to go into the depths of, of uh, backsliding or anything like that because you have developed over the course of time a disciplined spiritual life. And it must be approached from the perspective of a true humble love and gratitude to the Lord for what he has done for you. When you know him from that perspective, when you truly understand that he has lifted the burden of our sin, he has removed the guilt of our conscience and replaced it with a, with a humble gratitude and a covering over of the wound that our sin has inflicted upon us. And it's there in a, in a very um, sensitive and vulnerable place that we seek to maintain with God, because that's the strength. That's what Paul said when he said, when I'm weak, he's strong. And, and these are, are, are little spiritual tips that we try to apply by way of the word of God, that when we allow them to flow and we allow them to be consistent in our lives, he's given us the power to choose. After a while, that power to choose gives way to a hunger and a desire. You'll literally find yourself uh, praying without realizing you're praying because your spirit has become practiced. And in your ability to be open and honest before God and to simply speak to him as you would to me or your, your neighbor or your husband, your wife, your children, in that level of common language, with sincerity of heart, allowing the spirit to move you to express yourself in naked honesty before your father in heaven. Day after day after day, it, it, give, it, 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 it gives way to a practiced life of the spirit. And it is, it is our life. It is our strength. And it is what the Lord is trying to reveal here, especially to the final generation. And so this is where we'll pick it up tomorrow. 
from the take heed point. And we're going to go into the list because it's, it's a list that we can't just run through or we won't truly glean from it. But where we're headed is something profound because the Lord gives the final piece to the puzzle. He declares it. Uh, and remember, everything that we're talking about here is leading up to verse 35 where he talks about something very interesting. He calls it the snare that shall come upon all them that dwell upon the face of the whole earth. So what we know about the snare that he's referencing is that it's going to be global. It's going to affect the whole planet. But leading up yeah. to his revelation of this thing called the snare, he, he is laying out that warning, cautionary instruction to us that all the other prophetic things that have happened up until the snare were designed to put the church to sleep. And so he's saying it would come upon you if you have not practiced up until this point as one of the most surprising, outrageous thing. And the effect of it, this snare, will catch you unaware as well as the rest of the planet. We're going to look into this tomorrow as we begin from the take heed part again, go down the list and enter into the snare. He's identifying a specific event in the future that was going to affect the whole world, and it would be a trigger to those that are wide awake to let them know the kingdom of heaven indeed is at hand. Praise God. So we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. And uh, Brother Jeremy, Brother Fernando, anything else? Yeah, I think it's important uh, as we leave, just the thought to think about this. Um, the fact that Jesus is talking about this and warning us, it, it speaks about the level of slumber of, of mm -hmm. that, that is, like you said, that not only is coming upon the earth, but it's also going to affect the believers. And, uh, you know, we see that in the parable of the ten virgins, you know, when you know which we studied already. But you think about yeah. it, it doesn't say that just five of them fell asleep, all of them. This yeah. sort of spiritual slumber affected even believers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. they all fell asleep. That's what the Bible says. But they were ready. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, to to think, right? Uh, many people, the, the way they preach it, you know, well, you got to be praying and, and seeking the Lord. If you're, you know, the fact is that it, just because you receive uh, that level, because and, and, that affects us. The slumber comes upon us sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether in yeah. our prayer, but it's what we do. Is we fight through it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and, and understand that it's okay if it affects you. I mean, if it if it touches you, it's 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 we're talking about a level we've never seen before. But it's what you do, how we respond to that, how we react to that. You know what I mean? Just because you feel a slumber when you're praying once in a while, doesn't mean you're you're totally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't love God or anything. No, it happens. <laughs> but it's but you fight through it. You, you yeah, and I, and I, and I don't want to give, and, I, and again, I like what you're pointing out there. I don't want to give the impression. I tried very hard to uh, to word it the right way because really it is that place of, of there's a hunger that occurs. Yeah. Because yes. remember, it's your true. spirit, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said this, he said, you have to be born again. You have to be born from above. Well, the birth, the birthing of a life doesn't start full grown you know it starts as a child and and then it matures and grows well it is much like that within our spirit
spiritual self, you know, the, the, the extent to which it grows is, is really dependent uh, on, on the process of time and, and the Holy Spirit begins his work on us. And, and, and many times prayers, study, reflection, meditation, all those things, they get relegated into, uh, you know, a box of, man, that's work. You know, it just seems like a labor, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I got to pray. Well, I don't want to talk to you if you're like, oh, I got to call Brother Marty. <laughs> Go ahead. Save your dime, man. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you think God feels, right? Like, oh, I gotta pray. I gotta go talk to God. Well, you stay at home, man. God don't care. He's got you know myriads of angels telling him how awesome he is. He, you know, trust me. So you know, it, but it's the attitude. <laughs> it's the it's, yeah. it's our it's our privilege. It's our privilege to come to the Creator of all things. And and these things that we talk about, uh, they 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 grow over the process of time. It takes time, but, but you got to start yeah. somewhere, somewhere, right? You can't yeah. run a marathon without taking that first step, but you put enough steps together yeah. before you know it, you've run the race. So you're going to have all right. kinds of kinds of experiences, right? Like you're saying, brother Jeremy, but the yeah. the more you go and the longer that you practice your relationship with your heavenly father, and that's the key, right? Because Jesus said, or Paul said, that uh, he has sent the spirit of his dear son into our heart, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And and that is the most precious of experiences and one to be cherished, nurtured, and practiced as we give way uh, to the reality of relationship with God as opposed to the ritual that we've all known. And that's what we're encouraging there. And and it's yes. going to be vital, right? It's vital as we go forward uh, in the keeping part, and it's why Jesus warned us. That's where we'll pick it up right. tomorrow. Okay, go ahead, brother Jeremy. Sorry. And I, and, and I, no, no, and I, and I'll leave you with this. And the way that I can understand exactly what you just said, it's really what you're saying is we we just simply have to start with a mindset, right? Yeah, <laughs> have that mindset. That that's that discipline, because you can't move from there. You can't have a readiness if first you don't set yourself up to to allow God to move, you know what I mean? And it starts with simple things. And like, and I, and I like what you said. Many times we take it to work. Like, no, just you know, it takes discipline, though. You know, yeah. set your mind. Okay, I'm gonna wake up early. You know, it's, it's not law. It's not that you. It's not work. It's it's a simple desire, and that's what God is looking for. I'm making up my mind that no matter what, I'm I'm gonna seek Him. You know, and yeah. and in that process, there's you know, you have bumps in the road because of our flesh. But if you keep doing it, it, it just becomes sweeter as the day goes by. You draw closer, <laughs> you mature, and then you begin to 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 process things. Okay, this is an attack. This is the way he's trying to get me. You know, uh, all right, keep pushing. But eventually, you begin to mature uh, in these things, and and God will allow you and teach you because we're gonna need it. We're gonna need it. If not, it, it'll 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 destroy us and and. And cause us to slumber, right? And not awake. Yes. So, the, I pray that you've been blessed today. I pray that you've uh, gotten something from what we have studied today. I think we've all been encouraged. This word is not just for you, uh, the listener. It's for us as ministers, you know, to uh, to take heed in such a time like this. Why do we take heed? 
Because Jesus said it in his word. And if Jesus said it, it's important. He's telling us. He's warning us. He's preparing us. He's saying, have a readiness. This is what's coming upon the earth. Seek me, you know, uh, watch and pray. And uh, we pray that you've been blessed. I pray you join us tomorrow, Lord willing. Uh, we'll be back here studying these things, uh, the scriptures of taking heed. May God bless you. May God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.